0: It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Schofel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. More weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV begins right now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. As always, before we get started and I tell you about Register Sausage and all that good stuff as they sponsor this hour, We need to let you know, first and foremost, for FCC purposes and for chat purposes, this isn't live. This is not live. Well, it is at the time that we're recording it on a Saturday afternoon, but there's a lot going on. Corey's got surgery on Monday. Ira's headed to the ACC kickoff. I'm holding it down, doing a broadcast here while those guys broadcast back to me from there so that we can have content throughout the week of ACC media days. So we had to make sure we had a headlines ready for you. It's just, you know, at the time that you're hearing this, it's three days old. That's okay. It's all right. We're not going to sit there and talk about, you know, we're not going to predict the future and we're not going to get bogged down by stuff that's too dated. We're just going to go from here. So just so you know, pre-recorded seminal headlines, but it's great to be with you as always. And our thanks to Register Sausage. Yay, sausage. By the way, you know what I should have done, guys? It's right there it's right over there if i walk down this hall and take a left i can pull register sausage out of my fridge i could have been holding it up for the camera for yeah, people watching it, on world tv go do it now what are you waiting okay. on ira and i yeah. can
1: pull it down for a second you guys
0: chit chat i'm gonna bring some <laughs> register sausage back. Well, what i was gonna say
1: ira is uh thanks to this surgery that hey let's all hope as you're watching this that it went well and Corey's recovered he's laying in his bed he's watching something on netflix
2: if it does, if it doesn't, I guess maybe we don't air this.
1: Probably, maybe you air it just as like a tribute. Okay, All right. you know what I mean, like one of Prince's last albums or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Know, but, right.
1: but what I was going to say is, I think with this surgery now, Ira, I can get back to eating more registered sausage. That's I'll be honest, talking. just you know, red meat and
0: sausage and that stuff wasn't doing great on my belly. I lied about the sausage. Oh, come on. I didn't lie about the sausage. I just realized it's out in the garage fridge, and there's, that's not going to do. I'm not going to go out there because I got to dodge bicycles and my son's easel from painting. It would have been a five minute affair. I have <laughs> brand new links that I just bought at Publix yesterday. I promise you that happened on my way sure. home from work sure. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It has to. Mine are, mine are down
1: in the, in the barn out back. I mean, <laughs> by the way, I'm in uh I'm in Tom Lang's. If you if you recognize the the environs, I'm in Tom Lang's studio because I didn't have the right Ethernet cord, so he was nice enough to let me use his house. My favorite so hey,
0: part work. was I thought you had just become an even bigger lightning fan in the weeks I hadn't seen you. As I they look out there <laughs> in the
2: background. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought I th- I think you should go check Tom's freezer to see if he has any registers, and we can out him if he does it. We'll just do
1: that. We're not in that business, hire. Let's not do that. What, we'll Dox them. Give everybody you... a phone number.
2: Hey, Maybe. I've got go. some sweet indue in my. I can go get mine right now. I'm not. A I player. got
0: links. Why don't you do it?
2: But uh, because but, it's, um, it's I'm all tied up here with uh, buyers.
0: And hour stuff. number two. I'll, I'll get the sausages. So all right, so I'll get you, mine too. Yeah, just so people know that I'm not a liar. I did buy that yesterday,
2: and all you right. can have register sausage too. If you uh, go to your local grocery store, pretty much North Florida, Central Florida, across the Southeast, Alabama, Georgia, uh, various locations expanding every day. And if they don't have it and you want it, just kindly ask, hey, can we get some registered sausage up in here? Ben and his people, they'll send the trucks down there. You can have it at your store. If not, you can have it shipped to anywhere in the continental United States, I think even into Alaska, not sure about Hawaii. And uh, the website is registermeats.com, and they'll ship it to you. It comes cold in a, in a cooler with ice. Uh, you'll be good to go.
0: I did say yay sausage. Did I not? You did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: You can never say it too much, though.
0: Yay sausage. There you go. <laughs> uh, Corey, what are you most looking forward to about your surgery? Uh, it being over. It's starting
1: to weigh on me a little bit. It's a Saturday. It's uh, two two days from now as, as we record this. And uh, I have to be there at 6 in the morning which is great. And to make matters even better is uh, Stephanie was supposed to take care of me for this week. Uh, she has COVID. So that can't happen. Um, so Tom's lovely wife, Jamie, is actually going to pick me up from the surgery and drive me home because they live very close to me. Um, and then I'm on my own. So
0: everybody hope, <laughs> Tom hope is about, Tom's about to be sick of you, I, brother.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking like that country song that ain't my truck. Would you right. guys know? Mm. Like Tom's the gonna come, yeah, the Tom's gonna come home and Corey's car is going to be out there and he's going to be used to it.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Corey's here
0: again. He's swimming in my pool. That's yeah. what I'm going to be doing. So you, using his ethernet cord and his video equipment, you yeah, got to oh. get his wife to come pick you up from surgery. Good <laughs>
1: Lord. nice man. woman. She offered. So that was, that was very kind. So getting it over with. And then, like I said, being able to eat like while you, while you were gone getting that ghost sausage, um, I was telling Ira and the, and the listeners that I haven't been able to partake in a lot of red meat or a lot of sausage um, in the last four or five months because I've been worried about my stomach. But once this gallbladder's out and apparently I can just eat whatever again, that's probably not the best idea. Maybe I don't take that pack, but I'll eat a little more sausage than I've been eating. So andouille back on, on the menu. Hey, this while is. we're
2: while we're outing people, can we also out these doctors that told you it wasn't your gallbladder? Can we go after them? Come on, Ira.
1: Come on, Ira. Let's, uh, let's let's take it easy.
2: Because I think Dr. Ira has been telling you it's your gallbladder for a couple of years.
0: I was they're... just about to say that Ira has more than just offhandedly remarked several times that it is your gallbladder that is the problem. And you're like, no, no. The one, the one time where
1: I had to miss the show because of a stomach ache was the final straw for Ira. He's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you can't just say it's stomach pains. And it's got to be something more than that. Go get it checked out. And I did.
0: And here we are about to go under the knife. Hey, so my guess is that I've had more surgeries than you guys, but I don't know that. Is this your first surgery, Corey? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Like colonoscopies Mm -hmm. don't count, do they? No, not really.
2: Yeah, I've been in the hospital. I don't think I've had any surgeries.
0: Well, okay, Yeah, I've had multiple surgeries.
2: You've had multiple surgeries?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I shattered my foot and I had reconstructive foot surgery. I've also had my arm shattered once, this left one, and I've also broken. Well, the other one wasn't so much a surgery as it was a procedure. I, I broke my nose pretty badly, um, but that's why it's all twisted and whatever. Yeah, not,
2: I've, had, I've gone in for a broken nose and I've had a couple other got hit by a car. That was a good time. So I've had some things happen, but I actually haven't gone under for It started
0: very early in my life, guys. I had to have my adenoids taken out. That was the first big surgery right off the bat. I had surgery to put tubes in my ears because my ears were all messed up. Then they fell out one day when I was playing youth soccer, uh, which was fine. They said they were naturally going to fall out, and they did. Then I had the foot surgery and the knee surgery and the arm. I had a a wrist procedure. done. Yeah, I've had a few surgeries, guys.
2: Hey, could you, uh, instead of Jamie, could, could your dad go over and take care of Corey? I you know, be nice.
0: not a bad. I, I just, either. I just saw my dad as I picked up my kids from him. He had been watching them for the last ten days, and and they had camp Opa, and they were loving life. And Corey, I could have just told him, "Come on down, Corey needs a dad this week."
1: I mean, just, yeah, I mean, just the comfort of that. What a comfort yeah. blanket that would be when I wake up and I ring my bell. I will tell you applesauce or whatever I'm going to be eating.
0: <laughs> I will tell you that. Uh, it's the, the official call happened. And I love when I get the call. Uh, I always gauge the start of the season this way when my dad calls randomly on like a Thursday night or a Friday night and just wants to talk at like 8pm or 9pm. And I pick up I'm usually expecting like, oh, he must have to ask me a question about the upcoming season when we're going to meet for this game or we going to this away game, whatever we're doing. But when he calls, just because he wants to get his thoughts out there about what he's been reading on War Chant, what he's been thinking about in regards to the upcoming season, then I know it's go time, boys. And he made that call last night. He's ready to go. He's ready to talk some football.
2: Maybe he could talk to the other two guys in the show because we don't. So, I don't know, Jeff. If you realize this, we don't have those calls anymore. No, no
0: but, but I thought you could live vicariously through my call. Mm. Now the other thing I told you, I, I could tell you, is that I will forward your number. And Corey's number to my father. Be expecting a random call from Georgia, guys. Yeah. And when you see it, pick up. It's dad calling.
1: And Stephanie Stephanie fell in love with your dad when she met yeah. him because, you know, obviously her dad passed away almost a decade ago now, too. So we could all use him. We could all use a little of, uh, Mr.
0: Cameron. There's a lot of my dad to go around. He's happy to give hugs and to talk to anybody. He loves being a dad and a granddad. He's happy to do it. If you just want to randomly call after your surgery, Corey – Talk to my dad about FSU football, previous seasons, previous ACC kickoffs, previous or the upcoming ACC mm. kickoff, the upcoming football season. You can do it. Our favorite moments in FSU history.
1: He and I. Mm. My
2: my dad would not have been a good comfort to you, Corey, because the one time, the worst time I had to go in the hospital when I was hit by that car, my dad got to the hospital late. I'll go real quick, but but I had to sit there for an hour after I'd been <laughs> hit by a car. Because I was a minor and they couldn't do anything. All they could do was put an ice on my leg, which had been damaged by this accident.
1: Like you grew up in the 1480s.
2: Until he yeah. got there. Well, the problem was you didn't have cell phones, and he worked in South Miami. We lived in North Miami Beach, so he had to drive. They had a way for him to drive from work to get to the hospital to to sign off on him, them doing anything. But anyway, then when they were doing the stuff they were doing, he was sitting there with me, and then afterwards, while you know I was in back in the hospital in the in the room. He says to me, man, you, you're lucky you didn't have to see that. Yo, man, that was my leg. <laughs> and he, he literally felt like he had the worst of the deal. So <laughs> so he wouldn't have been much help for you, Corey. Yeah,
1: good it was for like, your dad. At watch, look, Looking at your son, you're on, on, sprawled out on a table. It's a really tough thing for a parent. You can relate to that now, like how awful that would be it, to see it, that. It, That's
2: it would what be. trying
1: to say, Ira.
2: <laughs> yeah. It would be, but I, I don't think I would tell them they had they had it better.
1: Hey, I yeah. wanted to bring up an actual FSU topic. Something I was cool. thinking about when I was doing the top 40, um, and it's Caden Lyles, and it's, real, it's in relation to Dylan Gibbons because obviously we famously had a disagreement on how important Dylan Gibbons was going to be to the team last year when he committed. Not that I said that he wasn't going to be good, just that y'all were so above and like he's going to be the best thing on this team. Turned out to be.
2: I've listened to no, it. No, 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 no. You dismissed it. You dismissed him. That's when what started. i We're going to get into
1: that again. I've listened to it. I didn't dismiss it. I just wasn't so bullish. You, you did dismiss
0: it. Because he had, never to played, it too. he
1: had never played at Notre Dame. He was he was on Notre Dame's team, but the thought was, because he was on Notre Dame's team, he automatically becomes
0: – And we were correct.
1: So why does that not translate to Kane Lyles? Because Wisconsin, okay. Wisconsin has the same exact – history with offensive linemen is Notre Dame, and Caden Lyles actually played more. So why would we think he's going to be the first or second best offensive lineman on this team because of where he came from?
2: I, Ira, do you want to start? Yeah, one thing I would say, first of all, is I did have hype, those kinds of expectations for Caden Lyles. Because of that reason, if he started with 16 games or something, or mm-hmm. more than a 10 or 12 games at, at Wisconsin, I don't care if it wasn't the best Wisconsin team ever. Just that idea compared to what they had on the offensive line two years ago. I mean, it would be night and day. The I are guess you the two
1: there. I was going to say, are you there with him, Caden Lyles, as being well a, a big difference maker?
2: I, I do think he's going to be a big difference. But what colors our expectations a little bit is we were out there in the spring. Yeah. And it, we didn't necessarily see that take shape. And, and the other part of it is, he's a different kind of player. You know, he's not. Uh, you know, I do. The question I think becomes: Is can Caden Lyles be as effective in this offense? He's not. He's not built like Dylan Gibbons either. I mean, he's a different kind of guy. And the question is whether or not he fits into this system as well as Dylan Gibbons did. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm as. I think he still wins a starting job. I think he's a huge part of this offensive line. Um, I know we don't know that Maurice Smith could win that job, but I think Caden Liles is going to do it.
0: A couple of things that I think are positive when we answered this question is that there's a chance that he gets – you know, he doesn't win the job because the competition's better now than it was when Dylan Gibbons arrived. Like, they've added to this offensive line with transfers, depth. Some guys have gotten bigger and stronger as well that were previously here. So, all of a sudden, you've added some guys that get into the mix of the competition, which speaks to better depth than when Dylan Gibbons arrived just a year ago. Secondly – Yeah, to Ira's point, Caden Lyles is a different type of offensive lineman. He's a mauler and and he's more of a run game guy than he's going to be in terms of pass protection because I don't think he's very fleet of foot. But I also think he was recovering from uh, an injury and they eased him into the fold in the spring. He's also learning a new offense, so new verbiage and everything else. We didn't get to see a lot of him in terms of reps in the spring. Maybe now he's a healthier and has a better grasp on what they're asking him to do. So I think that the fall camp that we're about to start watching is exciting for a lot of reasons, but one of which is competition across the board. But that specifically is going to be a good one because if Maurice Smith has gotten bigger and is capable of putting on weight, he has good feet and good bend. You know, he's an, he's an athletic guy. He's just too small. So if he's gotten a lot bigger, Then we got a great competition potentially there at center or even guard. It'll be interesting to see how they use Caden Lyles, but I haven't given up on the fact that he could be an integral part of what they're trying to do this year either. And who do you
1: think is – like Gibbons is automatic. He's a starter. Robert Scott maybe is also probably an automatic starter. I think so. The other three positions, don't we think they're all kind of up for grabs? I do. Yeah, I think the competition will be pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, don't you think – and it's not by bad people. It's not like, uh, again, I hope he has a wonderful marriage and a great life. You don't have Brady Scott in the mix here. People like Brady Scott or Abdul Bello, guys that just pr- had proven they can't do it at this level. I think all eight of these guys in this rotation right now have proven they can play or have a chance to prove they can play. Like, we don't know if Bless Harris or Emmanuel can play at this level. But they, I mean, they. Bless Harris certainly didn't look completely out of place in the spring. I feel like they just have a lot more bodies now to throw at a problem, and decent bodies, not great bodies, not like a Corey Clark body, but a decent body. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like I, I just well, uh, yeah, and I th- a much better th- place.
2: Well, and I think, and I think that goes to you yeah, know Jeff's answer to your question. You know, last year when Dylan Gibbons came in, they were coming off of such a disaster on the offensive line of the last couple of years. It's like, okay, this guy. That's why we are so bullish on him. Like he's been in a real program. With real yeah. offensive linemen, that's that's gonna be different. And so now the the bar was raised last year. You know, it was raised and it's not the same situation. Um and you know, when it comes to the competition, yeah, I, I I don't you know, I think Robert Scott wins the job, but I think the other three spots are wide open. It could be Maurice Smith or it could be Caden Lyles. I think it'll be Caden Lyles, but it wouldn't shock me if Maurice Smith beat him out. Uh, I think the guys you mentioned on the right side, but you also have Darius Washington, Jazden Turnitine, who started 10 games in South Carolina. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys who've played a lot of college football. That hasn't been the case here. You wrote about it the other day. I mean, that hasn't been the case for Florida State in eons, it feels like. I I was was
0: very
1: impressed. I think it's like 138 starts that they have on this roster right now on the offensive line, and like two years ago it was 60. Or 65. And even some of that was like a baby on Johnson start here or there. Or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Maurice Smith starting as a freshman. Like these are not, it's not just the transfers they brought in that all have experience. Darius Washington, Robert Scott, Maurice Smith have all started, I don't know, 15 to 18 games that have all played over 1,000 snaps in their career. All that matters.
0: I was going to say, I'm also really excited by what I saw in the spring from Bless Harris. I think he's your starting right tackle. So he looked good, Um, but I'm ready for competition. I want that group to have to really fight amongst each other to secure those positions because it guarantees better depth. It guarantees that the guys that don't lose, don't don't win the job uh, are guys that we've either seen start football games or are capable of it. And so to to our point that we're making here, this is the first camp since Norvell's been here and really the first camp in a long time that we go into the fall camp thinking, you know, I think they're going to be all right on the offensive line. Not. Gangbusters great, not dominant, but pretty good on the offensive line. And I have not, I don't remember the last time I said that. I mean, and if you just think about that, say that out loud, that we've been watching a football team that year in and year out, you didn't feel like going into games (laughs) that the offensive line was going to win. That you can't win football games as evidenced by Florida State's record over the last four you can't win well, football games like a, that.
2: If you go back to last season in those Monday press conferences when we talked to Norvell, but particularly when we talked to Kenny Dillingham, and he would have to answer for why they do certain things that they do right. scheme-wise, and, and you could tell he you know, he he would he didn't want to say, Well, look, man, we can't block these teams. You know, there's so you're what what we can do is not this isn't maybe necessarily what we want to do, but yeah. we feel like it's what we have to do given these circumstances. And, and you add into that receivers who couldn't get separation, who couldn't make plays on the ball. And, and now you start to in this conversation I just had with somebody the other day, just a, a, a fan who, you know, was, was talking to me about Jordan Travis. And I think why some people are optimistic about Jordan Travis, even beyond just his athletic ability, is you know, he this is his chance to show he can be a real quarterback because. He shouldn't be running for his life. And he's got some guys that can actually make plays out wide, which he hasn't had.
1: And I also think something to not be overlooked is, um, you know, we we feel like they have eight guys that have a bunch of experience that are in this rotation. They also have a pretty big freshman class coming in that will get to learn from those eight guys. That's a big deal, man. When you talk about establishing a culture and we talk about Leonard's program all the time and you, you learn from your teammates, you watch and you soak it up. It becomes part of like through osmosis or DNA or just being good teammates. I, I really do think that that in helping them, helping the young guys, helping the Armellas and the, who's the other one, man, the big, the other sap. The, so, it,
2: Sapp, yeah, Hurley.
1: yeah. So, um, you, you know, those guys get to learn from dudes that have done it and then that gets passed down
2: and, and I'm sorry, but and they also can develop physically before they're thrown out there.
1: Right. Yeah. So they're well, not. Able the big, I to actually think that's even bigger. Surgery. Yeah, they get to develop, but they also get to develop mentally because it's yeah. not like Atkins is going to take it easy on them. But they don't have to be thrown into the fire. They get to learn, which is what all offensive linemen should be able to do their first year or two.
0: Yeah, psychologically they were beat up, but physically they got beat up, and those two married together is a death sentence to long term, you know, growth. And so you had guys who had to start who were not physically ready and then that affected
2: them mentally. And, and you know, want yeah. like somebody
1: like if Dante Lucas was a freshman this year
2: or how much, Ju- how
1: much different his career becomes.
2: Or Jawan Williams, I mean there's there's I mean yeah. seriously, there's there's no there's no telling what some of those guys if they if they didn't have to get go out there and grab blo- try to block 22-year-old grown men right. when they yeah. weren't ready for it and then then they, then you get into the mental part of it which Corey talks about. Man, it's not fun when the TV isolates on you whiffing on dudes because you don't know how to do what you're – you don't know the fundamentals yet.
0: Well, the worst is – and you watched a lot of this, and we got to take a quick break, but I, I will tell you that I, watching those guys – talk talking about isolations, right, on a video. You're watching a game, and you're going against a dominant defensive tackle, a senior, a kid who's been – a redshirt senior, a guy who's been there forever, right, and they would show kids, our kids, Florida State's players, just getting driven, getting on thrown – yeah i mean it was embarrassing they're on skates there are times where you could tell they're intimidated which look everybody gets mad when they see that because it's such a easy thing to say it's so easy to point a finger and say well this kid's a bum and I always hated it for those kids because even if they weren't quality players, they were also put in terrible positions and they're not in positions that can succeed. And so now you just, now you're broken. You're broken as you come to the line of scrimmage and there's nothing worse than standing across from a guy who you know is physically superior to you. And you're trying to think about what you're supposed to be doing. And then he's whipping your ass on every play. It gets to be where it's you don't want to be out there and football's hard enough to play physically and mentally, on a down-to-down basis, now you throw in that you're miserable and you don't want to be there and you know you can't win this particular battle. Well, hell, I mean, it's no wonder a lot of these guys uh, were really kind of bereft of hope, as I like to say. I don't think that's going to be the situation this year. At the very least, we now have guys who I think are equipped to hold their own. Maybe not dominate, but hold their own, and they've got some backups if they need a rest or anything like that. Similar headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Warchant TV continues in a moment. Ho 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 horizons it took, bar and grill It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you turn off your mic and go home Do
1: you like how I closed my
0: eyes when I sang?
1: I, oh,
2: believe me, that was the best part.
0: I didn't look at it thankfully.
1: It was
2: unbelievable. He looked like like Algero or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Luther Vandross. Well, he was reference.
0: making sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked oh. by Corey's singing. Man, that's a great jingle you from game. The restaurant itself, uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where
2: Ira Bannerman Crossing You're damn Northeast right it is. Tallahassee off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. It's, uh man, it's just it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beer. Spirits. It's where we are a lot. We're hey, before as a, the as end of the week,
0: fellas, uh, any week. Like, you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now. Let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and
1: Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio <laughs> in person. Never mind the food. You get to see the three of us. But, yeah, the food and the the drinks, the the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. It's you, all working at And Horizon's. if you
2: sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food, I think. I think you get the bill is paid
1: for if you sing the song. But with, you have
0: to sing it like I do.
2: With, and tell them Corey's singing it. tab.
0: Yes, it's amazing. Correct. It's it, incredible. It's <laughs> They're yeah. so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chafel, and Corey Clark. So I just got excited, guys, while we were sitting there talking about this offensive line. Damn it, man. That's a really good thing. Is there another position group that you do that? If you start talking about it, you get excited?
2: No. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. Uh, no, but, no, I I actually do with the wide receivers, honestly, because I just it. Oh, I got to hear this. It, well, because man, I I, you, I know you know you may not be a believer, but I'm telling you that group compared to what it's been, I think it's I like Micah a,
0: Pittman, man. I like Micah Pittman.
2: Yeah, I do too. And I also think I mean I like we'll, we're going to get a good le- litmus test this year's version of uh, Dylan Gibbons is going to be Johnny Wilson because I think Corey and I think. Johnny Wilson might be a bigger contributor than you I think
1: the difference is is that uh, Jeff used uh, what he saw in the spring. I I was making my assumptions about Dylan Gibbons before he ever got here. At least Jeff was a little more – uh, in four, they they could could but still, I think he's wrong. He wasn't out there as much as we were. And I do think that we saw him make plays.
2: That's true, man. Run. You missed a couple of days. You definitely missed a couple of days where he had good practices. I swear. Perhaps, I know it.
0: Perhaps, perhaps, Corey, but I think I went to every one but like three. What are you talking well, he, about? He dominated those three. Times. Okay. Melvin <laughs> <was like> <laughs> Benjamin versus Boston College. It was nuts. <laughs> Um, I don't doubt that there was a day. I know there was one day where I didn't go and it was pretty funny because I got a text from Tom and he was like, damn dude, this is actually the practice where he caught everything (laughs) because I was at the practice where he got hurt and then I was at the, you know, and that looked scary. So thank goodness he wasn't hurt of, you know, long-term.
2: We lose him.
1: It looks like we lost him.
2: That was a good run.
1: He's just frozen.
2: Now we can just make fun of him while he's not uh... –
1: Yeah, and then he's going to say some nonsense. I can and... hear you.
0: I'm looking at you. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. So, I, I was saying that I was at the practice where he got hurt. Thank goodness it wasn't long-term. Yes. And then secondly, I was saying that uh, I, I, I was also out of practices that he dropped a ton of passes, which Let was me... a lot of those. Apparently, there was some good days that I may have missed.
2: Let I, me... apparently. This... Let me... I'm curious what you guys think of it. Here's my theory, Okay. My theory is there are some guys who just have bad hands. I felt like maybe George Campbell might have been a guy who.
1: That's a good name. From a few dude. years ago. Yeah. yeah.
2: Where it just, there was never like, you never felt like the ball was settling into their his hands. It almost he was felt fighting like he it was yeah. like he's playing DB. Johnny Wilson, I don't think it's the same thing. And course I think one of the things that's Corey interest, excited, and I am as well, there are times where he's got guys draped on him and he makes great contested catches. And I don't think you can do that if you've got just terrible stone hands. I think the passes he drops are lack of concentration or or something else is going on there. So I think it's fixable. Um, to me, if a guy just has terrible hands, he just has terrible hands. So I think Johnny Wilson's, you know, hopefully they've made some progress on that. But even if, even if he still has some drops, I expect he will, he can make some plays that nobody else on the team can make. So that, you have that. You have uh, Pittman. Uh, I think Winston Wright's going to play a good bit of the season. I mean, that's – compared to what you – you you were starting Jordan Young in games. I mean, it's just – and Malik McLean going into his next year has a chance to be – I
1: think McLean is somebody you got to keep an eye on. Uh, Portier had some nice moments in practice. Maybe he's something. And also Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas is a guy that's made – he's made two big plays in his life, two or three big plays in actual games. But there were times, especially early in the spring, where they couldn't guard him. There's nobody on the team that could cover him. He'll be a weapon for them in some capacity where you figure he'll get, I don't know, man, 40 or 50 touches this year in some capacity. I think that's how much they like him, maybe 30. Maybe that's a little too much. But I just think they've upgraded everywhere. Um, And look, Wilson might not be – he's certainly not Jerry Rice and he's certainly not Kelvin Benjamin. But he's a guy they haven't had in a long time. He's a guy that one-on-one coverage at the 12-yard line, You're probably throwing it up to that dude and giving him a chance to go make a play. Now, if he doesn't make a couple of them, you stop that nonsense. But if he does, that's a big, that's a big part of it. You've got a third down maker and you've got
0: want to to clarify my take on Johnny Wilson. I I just think that we got excited because we saw the body type to your point. As soon as we saw him, we're like, Oh, they don't have anybody that looks like that. And we got excited because he loves to block. So right off the bat, that's going to be important, but I need to see him in games be a consistent contributor, and he might. He might. I'm not arguing you, with you guys on that. I'm just not so sold that he's going to for sure be a guy we can trust game in and game out. Now, if he can be a red zone threat at that height with that physicality, well, then that might be enough. That does change your offense in the red zone, and they need a guy well, like that.
2: I mean, if he was if he was polished in terms of very consistent in all of that on top of that size, I mean, he wouldn't right. be a, he wouldn't have trans—he wouldn't have been in the portal. So, I mean, there is going to be a process there. I get—I'm with you on that. It's not—he's not, not going to be a seamless superstar or anything like that. But I think you add in his potential, what he can do, uh, even if it's not consistent, and those other pieces. Now, I think this receiving core to me is somewhere in the middle of the ACC now. It was the worst in the ACC last year. It might have been the worst in the Power Five. So that has me excited. Do I think it's the Fab Four? No. But I think it's it's a much better group. It's, not, that the crap has it's
1: not the craft like it was last year. There you and go. And I will say that, um, you know, you think about that wide receiver unit. Say Winston Wright is fully healthy by the middle of October or early mm-hmm. October. You've got him, Micah Pittman, and maybe Johnny Wilson becomes something. Well, you, you, you've also got Pokey Wilson, who's a player. Now Pokey Wilson is your number three or number four if and these the, other guys – I mean, all this yeah, a sudden got Malik McLean? You got depth, man. You've got guys that can run out there and go make plays that you just didn't feel good about last year. I mean, again, he's the roster has been upgraded almost across the board at every position. Is it good enough to win championships? No. But it's been upgraded across the board. And that's a good that's trending at least in the right direction, it looks like.
0: Yeah. And they fight and care for each other and seem to be on the same page. And there's a lot of improvements that Mike Norvell and this staff are responsible for, and they get credit for that. And I want to continue to talk about that. I just think that unfortunately the level of talent is middle of the road at best over there at wide receiver at best. Uh, I would trend probably more towards the lower half of the league in terms of wide receiver units. Now, if, McLean takes another step forward. If Winston Wright is back and able to play the vast majority of the season, with the addition of Micah Pittman, who we already saw and were very impressed by in the spring, yes, I agree, it could take a huge step forward. I need to see Winston Wright playing early in this season. They could really use him, say, against LSU. Like, how early does he come back, and how quickly can he hit the ground running in the sense that he didn't get to participate in the spring hardly at all before that, terrible car accident and and so I need to know how comfortable is the offense you know now there's a guy who's a proven power five stud West Virginia in fact JT Daniels transferred to West Virginia he's got to be livid that he doesn't have Winston right to throw to because that guy was their best receiver most accomplished receiver it's a guy that has proven it at this level how quickly does he get acclimated in this offense after having pretty much missed the spring
2: well one other thing I'm excited about with this offense is I'm excited to see Mike Norvell calling plays. I just, I, there were, I'm not saying Kane Dillingham was not a good offensive coordinator, but uh, there were too many things I didn't like um, that had me excited about Norvell. I mean, I just think he, when he was calling plays at Memphis, I felt like that was a better um, offensive attack. I think he did a better job of attacking mismatches and minimizing their weaknesses. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. I think, you added, you upgraded the offensive line, you brought in four offensive line transfers, you brought in four wide receivers, you've got a returning starting quarterback who's the the other thing about this, and maybe we could talk about this in the next segment if we're, if we're if we're getting close to up against it, but the the idea that Jordan Travis doesn't feel like he's threatened could maybe help with him physically because he may look at his I think Jordan can get to a point where he says, okay, I have to stay healthy a year ago or two years ago when he was in these quarterback battles he might have been in the mindset of i've got to make plays because i've got to, nobody believes in me i've got to make plays to prove it that's going to be an incentive to be more risk oriented as a quarterback especially running i think if he's if he's the undisputed starter which we know he is and he knows he is maybe he looks at those opportunities a little bit differently and says man i got to preserve myself this team needs me desperately i can't get hurt i think that could be something that helps him as well
0: it's a fine line though because you want him to make plays. I mean he's he well, is, for sure. he's, Yeah, I mean he's got to use those legs. It's such a gift. So few people ever look like that at the quarterback position. If he's not running around, it seriously diminishes his I'm value. not saying
2: that. Yeah, I'm not certainly 100% yeah. not suggesting yeah. he doesn't run around. I'm talking about when there's a first down marker and it's second down, hey man, maybe we don't need to get that first down on second down. Or right. if it's you know, if, if it's go out of bounds or try to pick up seven more yards, those decisions.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Some of the headlines,
2: 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash Warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash Warchant.
0: Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Yeah, I I'll I will say this on the heels of what we were just talking about last segment. I'm really rooting for Jordan Travis. For people who hear me criticize his game and they think that, you know, I have something against him, I don't. I like Jordan Travis. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's passionate about the game. He does things that wow me a lot of times. I want him to be a more consistent quarterback as a thrower. That's all I want. And if he does it, Florida State's going to win a lot of games because that's an element of their offense that they have not had. And not all of that's been on him, as we just got done documenting, Didn't have a lot of of help at wide receiver. The offensive line was pretty terrible. So it's hard to have a drop back passing game when your offensive line can't block it up and your receivers don't get open. So I don't completely blame Jordan Travis, but he has to if, in fact, they're better up front and they have a little bit more balance and the receivers are better. And he has to make those throws. And there are going to be some tight window throws to keep drives alive on third down that he has to prove he can make consistently. If he does, Florida State could win nine games. Look at you, man. Look at that. I mean, if he does that, if he does that consistently, they could, that's the difference between staying on the field for another, even if it's just converting another couple of first downs and flipping field position, it changes the game you can't miss dudes when you have opportunities. And he missed too many guys when he had those opportunities. I think half the time when he missed, he was probably shocked that they were open. He was probably shocked. He had time. I mean, it's like a couple of times where it's almost like he hurried the throw because I don't think he realized, like, you had time, and, yeah, that guy's open. Go ahead and lead him. It's going to be all I, right. I don't if it happens more consistently, you might see him
1: perform better. But I don't even think his biggest problem necessarily is accuracy. I think it's not seeing it quick quick enough, which is the well, big sure. deal with, with all quarterbacks. Um, but my I guess my point would be, even if he doesn't get a lick better, even if he's the exact same dude he was last year, because the people around him are better – this should be an eight-win team. This should be a bowl team easily. It should maybe challenge for the Atlantic Division at least be up there in at least the top half of the friggin' division for once. But I think because all the people around them are better, Jordan Travis is good enough. He's not a championship quarterback unless he takes a, a, a big, big step. But he's a winning quarterback. You know what I mean? I, he's a winning quarterback. He's, oh, yeah. Well,
2: when you add it all together, and that's the thing, I think the, the feeling, the things you guys are talking about when you're looking at what Jordan doesn't do as a passer, one of the big things is seeing it before it happens and throwing with anticipation. So he's not throwing guys open as much as you'd like. A lot of times, guys are have to run their route, then the ball's on them. Well, at that mm-hmm. point, the defensive back, you know, they can make a play. You're not breaking the big plays. But I do think there's been a lot of quarterbacks, especially in college football, who were more athletic like Jordan that put that pressure on defenses because of the running game, what they do running it, plus what they the running game overall creates opportunities for where you don't need to be that great of a quarterback. So, yeah. so yeah. I think none of us expect, I mean, if he, if he were to be able to anticipate throws, you know, and be the next Joe Burrow or whoever and run like that, yeah, I mean, he'd be the number one pick in the draft. So we're not expecting that, but I do think if, if the offense is functioning well, he can be the passer. He is even to Corey's point in the passer he's been, if you've got better players around him, I think it can still work at a high level.
0: There's a- well, he's, got, he's gotten a lot of reps now, though. I do think that he can be better. Can you
2: improve it- that? Like, that's why I'm wondering, yeah. though. Can you, if you're a yeah. quarter, is is that not something that's more innate? I don't know.
0: Well, I, listen, a pre-snap read, you're talking about pre-snap read? No, like I'm how- talking about
2: as the is developing and seeing the coverage and right. getting it, you know, anticipating well, pump
0: faking and rolling to his right, right. not right. seeing it, pump faking and rolling. to yeah, his That mind. drives me nuts. Right, he's he can get better at not doing that. That's a that's a crutch sometimes, born out of frustration with guys not getting open and also not having born out, of,
1: born out of having elite athleticism and knowing, well, I can maybe get this on my own without but, having to risk my receiver not making the right play
0: right. did you notice though in spring they wouldn't let him run they, yeah. they they would blow the whistle they want him to stand there and throw the damn ball we know you can run <laughs> blow the whistle stand in there and throw it I do think he can get better the more he does it the more comfortable he gets with doing it the more he trusts the group in front of him the more he trusts these guys to get open you pre-snap read it you say to yourself this is my keys looking at the safety we know where he is is he outside the hash okay I got it I'm not telling you he's going to Jameis Winston this thing. He's never going to be that. Got it? Agreed. But he can be, be he can be a better version of what he is, and that would include include improving and trusting a little bit of what he's seen and letting it go. Yeah, I think that, be better. he won't be elite at it.
2: Yeah, I don't because that's the thing. I don't think it's he's not an accurate passer. I mean, I think he can throw to where he wants it to go. You know, I just think it's the other part of it. If he can improve it, man, that would be awesome. I and mean, I think that's. To your point, you know, they would be a huge game changer for this offense.
0: But I he's think- really accurate down the sidelines on the yeah. on anything down the right side. He's very accurate in the middle of the field. He can be more accurate. He needs to get better in this down the seams. Now, he can now that listen, every, these things are all connected. One of the reasons he's not great down the seams is because they haven't had a damn tight end that could get open down the seams for since he's been here,
2: or you don't know where pressure's coming from. I mean, <laughs>
0: Yeah. So it's part of it's, you know, frustration. And then you, after a while you stop even looking for it. And now then when it actually happens, you weren't looking for it. Everybody in the stands can see that it was open and you didn't, you know, it's it's just, it's all a, a product of dysfunction within the offense. I agree with your point, Ira, about Norvell. I thought there were times last year where you could clearly tell when he decided to call plays and take it from Kenny Dillingham and times when Kenny was on his own. And I I love the idea of your OC being your offensive line coach and sitting down during the week with Mike and going through these game plans because I already love the way Atkins designs and works angles to get over having some inferior talent. He finds a way to create a running game on angles alone. They haven't just been lining up and running over people. They've had to kind of get very creative. So I love that mindset. And I, I, you, know, you see these two come together like that. I think that play calling is not going to be a problem. And it's also, it will help
1: when Atkins, and I'm sure it's happened already. It's not like they don't, he didn't talk to Dillingham either, but he'll be able to tell Norvell, we can't run that play. We're not capable of blocking those guys for that long, or we're not capable of blocking that dude one-on-one. He will blow it up. Um, So let's scrap that, or let's try, this is where we can dominate. This is our best guy. That's their worst. Whatever, whatever matchups you're looking for, I just think it really helps to have an offensive line coach that's that involved in the game plan. Because so many times these OCs have all these fancy plays that they want to run, and I'm not saying Dillingham was like this, but not taking into account, you can't do it. Like you, you can't block these guys up front, so you can't. You got to call plays with that in mind, and I think maybe that'll be more seamless with with Atkins and Norvell.
2: Well, and I think if you look, to speak to what Atkins has done, I think we'll write about this more as we get into preseason camp, looking back at his time as offensive coordinator at Charlotte, one of the things that when we were researching him at the time, and Charlotte had some success that year, really nice success of the year he was offensive, the last year he was offensive coordinator. And one of the things that somebody in their program told me was, man, we had no business being as good as we were. Like if you look at our offensive numbers based on what we have, it doesn't make any sense. And a lot of it was Alex Atkins and and the job he did.
0: Well, he's got better tools to work with up front now, so maybe they can block it up a little bit more. That's another part of this thing that we haven't talked about offensively is they can expand the playbook. They've had a very limited playbook because they were limited in what they could do. Um, You know, I thought there were times last year, I know a lot of the fan base really gets on Kenny Dillingham. You know, I get it on some of it, but some of it, I just get frustrated because I'd I'd say to people, and they would complain about this player, that play. He schemed a one-on-one guys. If you scheme a one-on-one, that's all you can do. I can't get you one-on-zero. I schemed you a one-on-one, and my guy just didn't win. If the guy doesn't win, then you know the play is, is a bust. And all, you hope that you're in a bunch of one-on-one situations. If they do that this year, and this receiving core is better, then, God, we might see the big play again. I mean, we might see something like we're, we're, we're able to see Florida State put up some numbers. I mean, I, I feel like it's been a fairly pedestrian offense. So this could get exciting. It's Would you, uh, lead pedestrian. It's been less. <laughs> pedestrian. I was trying to be nice. Yeah.
2: What did you guys think of the three, uh, young men that they're bringing to ACC kickoff? Well, Jordan, obviously was a no brainer.
0: Fabian Lovett was a no brainer to me too. Was he? Yeah. I, don't I like Fabian. That. He's fun. He's fun. Loving man.
1: I thought yeah, James Robbins Robert. was the no, was the other no brainer on defense. I thought he was the no brainer on defense. I thought it'd be Cooper. Um, for I, like, I thought maybe
2: Cooper yeah. or Dylan Gibbons. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's other guys that could have been options too. Um, uh, Fabian, not nothing against Fabian. I, I, I hope that speaks to what they're expecting from him this season. I you agree. Know? I think yeah. it does.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like. I've had a chance to interact with Fabian some, and I know you guys have too. Yeah, but have. I, I like him. I mean, I, I think he's he's and he's funny. I, he can be funny, actually. Uh, he's also immensely talented. I think he's gonna have a huge year. So I love this. The defensive line is good. The interior of this defensive yes. line is good, guys. I mean, I, that—that's like that is something that I get excited talking about. When people say what's good on this team, I typically say well, I think the defensive line is pretty good. I think the the starters are pretty good. Don't you think would, up the middle in general is pretty
1: yeah. good when you talk about yeah. Bethune and then Jamie Robinson and Dent in the back end? Mm-hmm.
2: Let me ask you this: What would this team look like against last year's team first month of the season?
1: If, is Milton playing quarterback? <laughs> yes.
2: I said first month of the season. Yeah.
1: This team would win comfortably every game. Yeah. Yeah, All
2: I right. Think. Now, what, what about Jordan quarterbacking both teams?
1: It's closer because you got Jermaine Johnson. But I, I, I still think that this, this does team. That, would...
2: Does that offense move the ball consistently last year? Even with Jordan no, against the... I don't think so. No.
1: It didn't consistently move the ball against anyone. So, right. yeah, no, it definitely yeah. wouldn't. Uh, no. No. But it, did, it hit enough big plays.
0: By the way, 24 Jermaine, Jermaine would have terrorized these tackles last year if he was starting against Florida State's offensive line. He would have terrorized them. What about yeah, these but,
1: tackles this year? That's the question. Could he terrorize Bless Harris and uh yeah, of course you and Robert Scott? But, yeah. Yeah, he would. Well, Robert Scott him. was there last year.
2: Yeah. I mean, he definitely beat them, there's no question, but you know, they had him last year. They didn't win six games. So, that's not, you know, that doesn't determine your whole game. Um, but I think there's so much. I mean, let's go position by position, real quick. I mean, we just talked about there's so much better at offensive line. They're going to be so. Much, they're they're going to be better wide receiver. I think they're going to be much better. Jeff might be a little skeptical. Uh, I think quarterback should be better because now you know who the guy is as long as he's healthy. Um, I think defensively, I mean, running back, I think is going to be about a wash. I don't know uh, that
0: Trey Benson's going to be better than anybody they had last year.
2: You think he's definitely better than Jay Sean Corbin?
0: We'll see. That's uh, I mean, I like
2: him. I,
1: uh, but Corbin was Corbin was good. Corbin was a little undervalued. He also
0: got banged up and had sure. a mediocre second half of the season. I, I do. If Benson's healthy, I think he's going to be the most talented back they've had in a while. Okay. Yes.
2: Then yeah. defensively, I think defensive line overall could be about the same. You lose Jermaine Johnson's a huge loss, but I think the.
1: And Keir Thomas. Keir Thomas. Is Thomas. Good.
2: Yeah, so maybe take a step back. I, I think the hard. only
1: position that you would say for sure. They're not as good at the only position. I think every position they got better except for defensive end. Now, that's a big position because those were that's a huge loss and a pretty darn big loss on the other side.
2: But I think I mean, linebacker, I think linebacker is much better with Tatum Bethune.
1: Defensive backfield's better. Yeah. Um, Cooper's older. Uh, Jamie Robinson's good. Akeem Dent's coming into his own. It looks like uh, you should be pretty good. Kevin Knowles will be a year older. It really is defensive end. I think they've gotten better across the board at every position, some substantially. Maybe again, maybe running backs a wash. We'll see. I think Trey Benson is more talented than Corbin. Let's see him do it in games. But defensive end is the only the only surefire place where they're not as good as they were last and year. It might not be close.
2: And I don't think what well, I don't think Briggs is going to be a big drop off from uh, Kier Thomas personally.
0: Briggs, uh, Br- I like Briggs' versatility. You know, you can you can slide him inside, and he can also play on the. Yeah, Briggs is a good player. And 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 damn it, man, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he's a really good player. Well, yeah.
2: and the thing is, people he's such an unknown because. The, 2020, he opted out. He wasn't going to play. They basically had to beg him in the middle of the mm-hmm. season when they lost everybody to COVID and other issues. Hey, could you help us? Marvin Wilson, Marvin Wilson's out. Everybody else is COVID. Hey, could you come and help us out? He shows up and plays like 30 or 40 snaps in the first game on like three days of practice <laughs> and then plays the rest of that season. Yeah. And then last year he gets hurt. So I think he's, I think he's a wild card that is better than uh, people might think.
0: I like him a lot, and I know they like him a lot. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with us. This is Seminole Headlines on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV.